Welcome once again to today's podcast, Umeshare Podcast. Karibuni sana. Thank you so much for your overwhelming response in the last two weeks. The last three episodes have been very, very encouraging to us as a team here at Umeshare Podcast. And today we are here with Dr. Stanley Mukolwe. We are here with Mwindi Musioki and we are here with none other than uh, Mr. Papa Bear, Amos Mongera and myself, Kevin Kanyotu, and we welcome you to today's podcast. In today's podcast, we are looking at the age 18 to 30 years. We received quite a number of commentaries from yourselves, especially for the guys who are aged between 40 and 55 years. And uh, all of you are asking, yes, you have it covered for me, who's 55 years old. What about my teenage daughter or son who's 18 years and is looking at the next decade between 18 and 30 years. So we listen to you and this day we have responded with a podcast that just looks at that particular age bracket of 18 to 34. So I'd like my friends here to just introduce themselves and to say hi. I know you've heard their voices before. I'll just start with our newest uh, member here who's Mr. Mwangera Mutiga, Papa Bear. Yes, my name is Mwangera Mutiga. I'm really happy to be here. Um, I do a number of things, but for the purpose of this particular conversation, I am a, a parenting coach. Um, I work with um, men um, and fathers to help them engage with their kids um, in a more effective way. Mm-hmm. I believe there's a, a crisis of fatherhood in, in, our, in our country today. Yeah. And um, we need to do something um, as men. So mm. I have a platform um, and we have conversations around fatherhood. Yeah. Uh, the platform is called Papa Bear. Um, I think we've alluded to that already. And that's pretty much why I'm here. In another life, I'm, I'm also in the, the research business. Um, so I use data to tell stories um, wow. in, in a nutshell. I love um, the sound of that. You, you know, use data to tell stories. Yes, to paint awesome. pictures, to, to paint tell pictures. narratives. Uh, data is not just numbers, it's it's a story. But okay. that's that's a story for another day. Okay, thank you. Uh, I, I want to hear more of that, by the way, Monge. That's, that's really commendable. And we also have Mwindi, uh, Musioki. Musioki is my first name, Mwindi is my last name, and mm. there is no other name, um, no secret name, no, no, no hidden skeletons, no nothing. Um, <laughs> Just two names. Uh, growing up, I learned to, to tell people that even Kambas can be Christians. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I yes. think it's com- my Christian name is Musioki. Mm. Um, that's, that's all I have to go by. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm glad to be here uh, once again. And... Um, uh, by background, I'm an uh, entrepreneur. I have uh, several uh, businesses I run. Mm-hmm. Um, most uh, recently, my, my current gig, basically, the thing that's exciting me at the moment is a um, startup in uh, electrical motorbikes. Yeah, that's a story again for another day, but mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing that's keeping me busy at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have uh, interest in the not-for-profit sector. Um, mm-hmm. I w- worked for the church for many years and, and still have connections and and relationships and things that I continue to support mm-hmm. uh, in the not-profit sector. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just asking, did you come with one of those electric bikes? I would really love to see how that not looks today. like. A, yeah. uh, <laughs> you uh, know the cars, but the bikes, I've never seen one. I've ridden one. You've ridden one? They or? ride really well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, You'll see it soon. Uh, I think our first one should be testing on the road tomorrow, so we'll see. Hey, awesome. awesome. Hey, keep us updated on that one. We really want to know what's happening. 
and uh, Daktari, go ahead. Stanley Mukolwe, uh, father of three grandchildren, grandfather to two, veterinarian by training. And uh, today I consider my calling to be reconciling nations to Christ. Oh. And we do that by uh, teaching and coaching parents mm. on how to raise their children in godly ways. We work with couples in their marriages and to spend time on one-on-one discipleship to mm. reconcile people to Christ. Awesome. I uh, work for the Navigators in Africa, and I've also got a, a small non-profit called uh, Raising Future Parents, mm. through which we disseminate some of our parenting content. Mm. Yeah. That's really powerful, by the way. That's uh, you said reconciling countries, Na- nations, 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 nations. Because oh. nations are made up of families. Mm. Mm. So we're aiming for nations, mm. but we are working with families. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah, for me, I'm a leader in problem solving. Mm. So I work with manufacturing companies, mostly family companies, and I help them basically scale their products to be lovable and memorable and profitable brands not only in the country but also in africa and uh, a late thing that i also picked up in the last four years is uh, building purpose-built communities we call that affordable housing uh, with (laughs) with the government terms it's affordable housing i feel like affordable is relative so i always say it needs to have or serve some purpose for the people who are living there and uh, the lord has continued to bless us and we continue doing these businesses Thank you, guys. So I'm just curious. How do you say Omeshia in your mother tongue? <laughs> I have something to say about that in the next meeting, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll find out and share that. Okay, I, I could try. I could try. My, try. my Kiku is not the best, but I could try. Nimura Dikiriria Kameme Ya Omeshia podcast. Orachereziye Omeshia. Have you listened to it? <laughs> have you listened to it? Oh, wow, that sounds like you're rapping though. But yeah, I, I kind of have, have understood that. Thank you so much. So so after the break, you're going to come back and we're going to listen to the 18 to 30 years, what we've been waiting for. That's been a good introduction to us and uh, the men who are going to be speaking to you and sharing their stories. Right, we are back, and Daktari, 18 to 30 years. Mm. You mentioned that this is um, the foundation years or the discovery years. I think I'd probably call them the learning years. The learning years. Yeah. You see, we, we consider 18 to be an adult, but you and I know mm-hmm. that nothing magical happens at age 18. You know, when a child is born, something magical happens. They stop using the umbilical cord. They begin to breathe through their nose and stuff like that. But at 18, nothing magical happens. But this person has been waiting to be an adult. And suddenly, they've achieved it. So even though nothing has happened, psychologically, something does happen. Mm -hmm. It becomes a learning years. It also coincides with the time that many children are transitioning from home to college. This is not really part of what I was thinking initially, but so when you're raising your children, there are certain things you forbid them from doing mm. till they become adults. And now they reach 18 and they're adults. And suddenly they want to do the forbidden. You think they're rebelling, but in fact, they have waited for this time where they can do what they want to do. 
And the critical question they are asking is, who am I? Mm-hmm. For many of them, they are out in college. For some of them, away from parents for the very first time. And they are meeting other adults who are different from them. And they're beginning to process it. Who am I? How am I different from my family of origin? Hmm. Am I like everybody else? The firstborns are setting pace. And the pace I set, the siblings will follow. Or perhaps this 18-year-old is not a firstborn. And they have seen their older brother, older sister go through this phase of life. And they may like or not like what they are seeing. Hmm. But they're asking, who am I? What do I want to do with my life? Yeah. Um, Many are getting into college. They have chosen the profession they want to, to study. However, in some of the art courses, mm-hmm. in the first two years, they're pretty general. So you're in college, yes, but you don't really know what you want to become. They're asking that question, mm-hmm. what do I want to do with my life? What direction am I going to walk in? Mm-hmm. Am I going to walk in the footsteps of my father, my brothers, my siblings? Some children or young adults, let me say, at this stage have been pushed into a career by their own parents. Mm. A career they don't really like, but they're still at that stage where they depend upon their parents and they are going to go along with it, Mm -hmm. even though they don't quite agree that this is the way they want to go. But they're asking the question, yes, I'm in medical school, but what do I want to do with my life? Mm. Yes, you know, my father wants me to be a lawyer, but what do I really want to do? So the two things may not necessarily be in agreement. And uh, where do I want to make my life investment? Mm -hmm. These are questions they're thinking through. They don't ask all these questions in one day, but they're asking them. They're asking, am I capable of loving in a sustainable way? Hmm. Some of these have come from a family that's broken. Hmm. They love their mom, they love their dad, but mom and dad are not getting along. And uh, am I able to love in a, in a sustainable way? Yeah. Um, some of them, closer to age 30, hmm. have been married five, six years, but they're struggling. Hmm. They're asking, am I able to do that? What is it about me that others may love? Yeah. What is it about me? Uh, if you're not a firstborn, maybe you're a secondborn, and people refer to you as the brother of so-and-so, mm. you want your own identity. I don't mm. want to be referred to as a Mukolo's brother. Mm-hmm. I've got my own name. I want my own identity. Mm. What is it about me that others may love? What parts of me and my life need correcting? Mm. They're probably making blunders. They're probably doing some good things. But they, they, they know they don't have it all together. They've got their title adult, mm-hmm. but they know they don't have it all together. They may not admit it, but in their secret room, in their own space, they're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And they're asking the question, around what person or idea will I organize my life? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question because at age 18, 19, 20, they're in college. Yeah. They have probably grown up in a Christian home or some other religious home. And there are some... University professors, part of their mission is to de-Christianize children. Mm. They are telling them, look, you're an independent person. You don't have to believe in that thing your parents taught you. So they are asking, around what person or idea will I organize my life? Mm -hmm. You'll find that many young adults who call themselves atheists are in this age group. 
they want to put God on hold, discover their own lives, and then see whether or not to pick up on God later. Mm. And then they're asking, what's going to be the field theory of life for me? Mm. What are the things that are going to, am I going to process and and, and hang on to? What, you know, you, 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 you have a theory, have a hypothesis that you're working through. What is it I'm going to be working through and shaping my life around? Mm. And I don't know, um, Musioki, um, Mongera, I don't know if any of you have processed these questions, maybe when you're in that age group yourselves, or perhaps your children are nearing that age group. I don't know. Yeah. Just uh, let me hear from Good you. question. Yeah. Yeah. Invincible. I think that's uh, one of the words that comes to mind yes. for that age mm. group. When you're at 18, 19, 20, you, it's like you, nothing can touch you. You feel mm. you can do anything. You have a lot of energy, so you, a lot of energy to burn, so you're always mm. looking for activities. Mm. But also the sense that... Um, you can achieve anything you dream of. Mm. Um, it's still much more, I think, real. So there's a lot of dreaming, a lot of hoping and wishful thinking. Yeah. Uh, not much clarity necessarily on how to get there, mm. but the, I, I found at least uh, there's no lack of, of uh, ideas mm. and um, speculating on what the future might hold. Mm. And a, a, a huge degree of hope, I think. Mm. Yeah. I think that age group... Um, has, if I remember also myself, it's just there's a lot of hope for what the future might hold. Mm. 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 That's interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my, my kids are not at that age yet. Mm. But if I look back at what was going through my mind when I was that age, you know, just this is just post um, high school, you're getting into university, mm. you're coming from a, a much more structured um, way of living. So in high school, everything is structured for you. You don't have to think about anything mm-hmm. uh, apart from your studies. And now you're getting into, into university and there's a lot more freedom. Yeah. So you have time on your hands. You can schedule yourself. And that freedom can be liberating. Or for me, it was liberating. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it was scary because so now, you know, it's up to me now. If I don't organize this thing properly, it's up to me. You know, I remember the first couple of years of university, I was just flailing. I mean, even academically, I wasn't doing well because mm-hmm. I didn't have that sense of grounding or that grounding was yeah. was not there because I have all this freedom all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So I think those first few years, just after uni- after high school, getting into university, mm-hmm. kind of getting your footing, uh, things get a bit clearer as you get a little older into the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all manner of other things start to come in. At least that was my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, responsibility starts to come in, you get into your first job, you have mm-hmm. to plan for your money, you have to earn something, mm-hmm. you have peer pressure with colleagues who mm-hmm. are in the same class with you and they're doing seemingly much better than you. Mm-hmm. So you start to feel like, you know, I'm lagging behind. So peer pressure, even at that point, mm-hmm. um, you know, was part of, part of my experience. But experience. the whole, for me, I would sum it up as saying it was a time of, freedom mm. that I didn't have before mm-hmm. and it took some adjusting to get yeah. used to. And I agree with you, Monge. I mean, it's the same thing that I went through, Daktari, mm. because when you say, you know, at 18, you want to explore these things that you've been restricted for all these years. So mm. one of the things that I insisted, I told my parents, uh, driving, number one, I have to go to the driving school. Mm. And then it was a trend where you clear high school. There are those things that you needed to do, these computer classes, these short courses, so I think at that time for me, almost everything was temporary. Uh, for me, it was, I need to do this, get over and done with it. Uh, this another thing which is exciting, uh, left the corner, you know, it's probably trending here. In the next two, three years, I want to do it. Um, and so even when I went into campus, when I was studying uh, 
in the Catholic University where I was with you, Monge. Yeah. I felt like also that marketing degree was temporary. I felt like it's something that is going to pass, uh, that I'm still experimenting. Because mm-hmm. you have a whole lot of life ahead of you. So I'm even thinking I'll probably have two degrees, do a master's and one day be called a doctor. Uh, like you, Dr. <laughs> you know, having even done a PhD. Mm-hmm. But that was not the case. Mm-hmm. I still did one one degree and uh, life life started happening. And I think at that time, when you ask about uh, who is this person that you want your life to revolve around with, mm-hmm. that's the time now we were forging uh, relationships with our, our spouses, mm-hmm. our girlfriends. So there are no two trials with uh, other girls that did not work, uh, heartbreaks and all in the name of experimenting. And then there's this person you meet and you're thinking, okay, I think this is the one I would want to get married to. Mm. That I think was my story mm. at that mm. time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as, uh, as Ms. Yoki said, it is a, it's a lot of energy at that time. So one of the things that will characterize life at that time is just very high activity. There's a lot of broad learning and the capacity to learn is really big. Mm. Um, the, the people at that age are very hopeful, but some of them are very anxious, especially if you've come from a, a background where you've suffered a blow on your self-esteem. Mm. You, you know, you your hope doesn't rise that quickly. And so some are very hopeful, some are very anxious. Uh, they are searching, they, they are verifying some of what they are searching. They know where they want their life to go. They think they know where they want their life to go, but they can change course midway. You know, for myself, I met my I met patients when I was 19, and uh, we knew each other through college and um, got married at 24. So that's five years later. So you could really say we met as teenagers, which is really true. <laughs> and so within that time, uh, we had met, we got married, finish the first degree. In fact, as you're talking about subsequent degrees, I'm now reflecting on it. I think I was getting my PhD just before I turned 31. So within that 18 to 30, schooling, mm-hmm. children, um, degrees in that in that whole package. But that's not true for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of doors are opened for me very early. Mm-hmm. So the people who are struggling, they are searching, they don't quite have their identity yet. Mm-hmm. But they are also accomplishing they're accomplishing many things. Even though you may turn from your career into another, that first career was not a waste in the sense that you learned a lot of things as you went through it. And perhaps what you learned has informed you in changing your career. So it's a lot of learning, a lot of gathering. Um, but, but people tend to be self-oriented. Again, there's a selfishness. I think we saw that in the 30 to 40 uh, age group. There's a selfishness, a lot of thinking about me. What about me? Mm. And life is revolving around that person because of the question, who am I? Uh, some are surviving, you know. You've, you've uh, graduated from uh, university and uh, you, you feel like I can't be dependent on my parents anymore. And, and you're just surviving. Some are emotionally struggling. As you mentioned, Kevin, you've gone through, one has gone through a few heartbreaks. Mm. And emotionally, they're surviving. Spiritually, they're surviving. You know, in the back of their mind, they know they ought to have a vibrant uh, spiritual life, but but they are not. They're not there. Yeah. The company they keep does not promote it. So they're surviving in very many areas. They're just surviving. Mm-hmm. Those who have had mentors are thriving, but those without mentors 
are just surviving. I don't know. Any of you go through that? And gentlemen, we are going to take a pause on that question. We will have men share and answer Dr. Mukolo's question in the next episode, part two of the age bracket 18 to 30. Here's a little thing that I'd like you to do. Get your nephew, get your son or daughter. For those of you who have children aged 18 years and above and you're still wondering what do I do with them, they are at home and they are probably in that sabbatical or they've taken that break before their campus year to just sit down and speak with them and go through this podcast so that you can be able to find out whether you relate to some of the stories that have been shared and that would be a good thing. Today's podcast has been recorded at the Life in Abundance Center where they have a hotel and training center. The hotel features a restaurant, a modern conference center with five conference rooms and an executive boardroom. They also have 21 luxurious guest rooms and a furnished two-bedroom penthouse, each with intricate interiors and superior guest amenities. We really enjoyed, by the way, just recording in this beautiful ambience. This hotel is situated at Silanga Road off Karen Langata Road, ideal for business, leisure, and family travel. For more information, you can get to their website on www.liacenter.co.ke. That's www.liacenter.co.ke. And you can make your bookings at reservations at lifeinabundance.org. Gentlemen, if you'd like also to write to us at Umeshare Podcast, if you have any questions, any queries, or maybe any contributions towards the topics that you're hearing, please send your email to us on umeshare-podcast at gmail.com. That's umeshare-podcast at gmail.com. You know, gentlemen, I didn't know that just from being able to take this initiative to record this podcast that in the initial episodes one or two of you were touched and were touched in the sense that you requested even just to speak to us and you sent us some messages and you asked us even just to help you walk through your journey of life with you. I want to specifically just give a shout out to that gentleman who just reached out to us and said, hey, I need help in my marriage. And I've made a couple of mistakes. I'd like for you guys to help me out. I'd like for you guys to keep me accountable. And that was just something that was so amazing for us, just to know that there are people out there who need to hear and to listen to these messages. So if you know a gentleman out there, please send them this podcast share with them this little message and you may never know you could just be able to save a soul and restore and refresh someone who's going through a deeply hurting and life-defining situation we can go back to episode two and three you'll really find a lot of resonance with those messages that were shared earlier on we have enjoyed having you on board. See you next week on episode 5 where we continue with this critical stage of the men aged 18 to 30. Omeshare podcast, 
where men are sharing openly. Bye-bye.